When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Looking to bet on the NFL this season? There's no better place to wager than betonline.ag. From spreads to totals to player props, you can bet on anything and everything NFL at betonline.ag this season. BetOnline is the official provider of all betting lines used on the TDN Fantasy Podcast and the DraftNetwork.com. Go to betonline.ag and start wagering on the NFL, college football, and so much more right now. TDN Fantasy. The TDM Fantasy Podcast Podcast. with your host Paige DeMakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDM Fantasy Podcast. Chris Schubert, Jamie Eisner, Jake Arians back once again. Did our mock draft on yesterday's show. So today it's a little news and notes. It's a little recap of all the things that are going on in training camp. Jamie has provided the group with a big list that I'm going to read from here over the course of the show. And we are going to determine... Are these things big deals, little deals, or no deals? And Jamie probably felt really proud of himself when he came up with that title for this fancy little game that we're going to play here on the show. Chris, so I always feel proud of myself. Yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, little news and notes edition. With tra- a little news and notes edition of the show with training camp officially underway for all of these teams. So we have this list, and I'm sure there'll be other things that will come up over the course of this conversation. Uh, are we are we all good to just jump right into this list? We got a lot of things to get into. The list is pretty lengthy, so if you yeah, guys are all it. good with with uh, going full speed ahead, we will start. So again, big deal, little deal, or no deal for all of these things are the answers that we're going to ultimately have to come up with. And Jamie, I'm just going to read these verbatim how you have them presented here on the spreadsheet. So bullet point number one: Jamar Chase's lack of separation slash Joe Burrow's struggles. Are we putting this in context for fantasy, by the way, or fantasy yes. slash yes. Yes. fantasy yes. context? Yes. Just fantasy? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go with little deal. Um, the concern is more so Joe Burrow hasn't is coming back from an injury and one and him him talking about this being more mental than physical is not super encouraging to me. Um, I get what he's trying to say when he or with the struggles, but uh, I'm not overly worried about it. I don't have any real long-term concerns with either player. But in terms of getting off to a hot start, particularly if you're drafting these guys to be you're coming out of your draft with Joe Burrow as your QB one or Jamar Chase as your wide receiver two or three, 
you're looking for them to put up significant fantasy production right away for you. I'm a little concerned, but it's still pretty early. Like we're still have almost a uh, almost a full month uh, until regular season games start being played. So I'm not overly concerned about the Joe Burrow stuff. I am watching it. To me, it's more of if he looks healthy, if it looks like he's moving around a little bit. But all the other concerns are still there. The offensive line struggles, all of that is those issues. And, and apparently I did not realize how freaking sensitive Bengals fans are when you bring up the offensive line. Um, I made a joke the other day on Twitter and just got like a 18 paragraph response about how like it, it's, you know, the NFL can't be like LSU and all that. I was like, okay, I was just, just making a joke, dude. Relax. I, it I didn't can. Th- if yeah, you actually like, have a scouting department and a general manager and personnel I, people, it can. I know. You cheap it ass can. owner, I'll say it now. Come at it, come at, hit me up, Bengals fans, because I got enough for you in your front office and your cheap ass owners. If you want to go there, it can be like LSU. It's supposed it to be better. So uh, not much there. Jamar Chase, I'm not concerned at all. Uh, this all comes from one singular report that came out yesterday of a reporter that said he it's in his estimation that Jamar Chase's lack is lacking separation or creating separation in training camp. To be fair, that's not his hallmark trait anyway. Anybody that watched him at LSU knows that's not how he was winning. Um, This is one of those ones where everybody lives and dies so much right now this time of year on every headline, every pro football talk headline, every tweet from a beat writer. And that's not to say there is not useful information out there. There's plenty of useful information out there. But do not live and die by anything. And oh, by the way, the Bengals had a perfectly fine practice yesterday offensively. So like I can't, I can't live in this pendulum swing that we do on a daily basis with every report. Uh, it is a little deal for both of these players. Uh, I have not, I will not be knocking Jamar Chase down my rankings any based on yesterday's report. So I'm going to go with two questions here. Jamar Chase, little to no issue at all. The biggest problem here is you're a rookie digesting a playbook that's 18 times the size of what you had at LSU, and you're playing a little slow because of it. He'll speed up the more that he practices. He'll speed speed up after he plays in one or two of these preseason games. He's not Justin Jefferson off the line with the dance moves and all that stuff. He's a much bigger physical player. As Jamie said, separation is not really his thing. So I'm going to go little to no deal here. Joe Burrow, we don't have a medium deal on here, but I'm starting to heat up a little bit, and here's why. When you have a massive injury, it takes your brain a lot longer than your knee to heal. If the issue is I'm worried about my knee subconsciously, okay. But I'm going to take it a step farther in a different direction here with Joe Burrow on the mental side of this. He's not the most physically gifted dude in the world anyway. He wasn't that good, and then he had this, the greatest college football season we've ever seen. He wins the Heisman Trophy. He's the number one pick. Confidence can take any player in any sport to another level. And when you're not Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes with those gifts, those right arm gifts that they have, that they can make up for so much, whether they're confident or not. If the knee turns into the confidence that I'm not playing that good and the question sits in, you guys are big baseball guys, streaks, bad and good, right? If doubt creeps in, am I not as good as I was? Did the knee change me? Was that a fluke thing? It can linger. I'm not saying it will. I love this kid. I think the moxie is there but he's not this super physically gifted guy that that can take over for mental struggles sometimes. So I'm going to go medium to warm ish on Joe Burrow, Jamar chase. I got, I got absolutely zero worries. I mean, I'm a hundred percent sure that's all it is. is Digest the playbook, learn how to play at this level. You're practicing a lot harder than you did in college. All those kind of things will slow you down in training camp. Joe Burrow. I keep an eye on. 
Yeah, I'm going. I'm going. Uh, no deal on Jamar Chase. I, I still think, as a fan base in in totality, that we have not learned that rookies don't just look the way they did in college at the moment they walk into an NFL locker room and get on a practice field for the first time. Very rare. The only thing I can compare it to is if you start a new job, you are not going to be perfect at that new job on day one, day two, day three, your first week, your first two weeks. It takes months before you go, oh, I, I now know where the break room is. I now know where the accounting department is to be able to handle this issue on a given day. It takes time for you to be able to put yourself in that mindset. It's the same thing with NFL players, but we haven't our brains are not trained. We're like, oh, Jamar Chase, he was that good in LSU. He has to be that good on the practice field for, for the Cincinnati Bengals. No, it doesn't work that way. So I'm going no deal on that one. I, I want to almost go big deal for Joe Burrow, and here's why. I understand that, that he's saying that this is more mental than physical, but the thing that would worry me is that offensive line isn't going to get any better. So that it's always a concern that we could go down this road again. And if we go down this road again, Jake, to your point, does the doubt start to creep in when he's dropping back? Does he go, this offensive line doesn't have my back. So he could physically be fine and mentally think I'm good. I can get this done. But the moment he takes one hit because his offensive line messes up this year, I wonder if that doubt starts to creep in. So I'm leaning towards it. This being a bigger deal and something to keep an eye on, but I don't think it's do not draft Joe Burrow. I'm jumping ship. I think it's just something to keep an eye on. One other thing to note too, before we move on on Jamar Chase is you have to remember he didn't play football last year either. So there's some Great actual on-field rust that has to be knocked off before right. he can, on top of everything else, on top of learning a playbook, on top of, of, of dealing with, you know, uh, everything else that comes with being a rookie in the NFL. So I, I'm not as worried about him. As I've mentioned, I, I'm pretty high on him in my fantasy projections, but I'm not asking him to be superhuman. I just think he's going to get a lot more targets than we're used to seeing a rookie get. Um, and like I said, I talked about like the five-year averages of guys that got 100 targets in a rookie season. That's all I'm anticipating for him in, in terms of my projections. I just think he's in an opportunity on an offense that's going to throw a ton, and he's going to get a lot of looks because a lot of looks are vacated with A.J. Green gone. I think that's the biggest difference in terms of just pure fantasy value and why I and a lot of people are so high on him. You typically don't insert a rookie wide receiver that's going to get this sort of target share. And I think that's the biggest difference between him and some of the other rookies we have seen. It's a big reason why Justin Jefferson had such a great rookie season. We don't usually see players come in and get that much workload right away like we anticipate these players getting. Jamie, that's a phenomenal point. And before we beat it like to death, this is the point of the show where I tell you, I don't care how hard you work out. And I don't <laughs> care what the videos look like because until you go practice against other phenomenal athletes, you can't get your legs under you. So that's a phenomenal point that didn't play last year. It's going to take a little while practicing at full speed to really get your legs under it. He's not a little guy. He's not a little super quick, speedy guy. It's going to take a little while before that body gets you back used to doing this. It's a great point. A rookie who hasn't played in a year and and has to deal with a different way of practicing with the COVID protocols that the NFL has sure. in place. I do, but that matters as well. Yes. The, the saving grace is if Joe Burrow gets everything together, there mm-hmm. is chemistry there. Absolutely. Like there is, they know they've caught passes from each other. They've been around each other. They have, they have, uh, you know, an, a nonverbal communication. Those things can help excel, but the physical parts, you got, I mean, get a month. I mean, I think we're not playing games for real tomorrow. And I think we have to really keep that in mind. We're not playing games that count tomorrow. You've got a month to get ramped up and get ready to go. And, and I think Jamar Chase will be there. You said catch passes from one another. I don't know how many times Jamar Chase has been slinging it down the field to Joe Burrow there, Jamie. I just just want to make that clear. I don't know how many could happen know, again. Wide, re- never know. wide receiver reverses, you know, those little 
corner routes that Joe Burrow runs. Never mind. Okay, next up on the list, the big deal. Tom Brady. That's all I want to know. Maybe we'll find out. Big deal, little deal, or no deal. Sam Ellinger getting first team reps. We kind of touched on this on yesterday's show when we were doing the mock draft. Uh, Jake, I'll start with you on this one. Sam Ellinger, first team reps, the end of practice. I think that's an important footnote. It was the end of practice. Big deal, little deal, or no deal? Less than zero deal. This is one end of one training camp practice for a guy that a lot of teams love, okay? They love this dude as a football player. It's not a Taysom Hill gadget guy. It's a can we turn him into what Tim Tebow should have been without the media circus. Kind of Taysom Hill was before he started playing quarterback and became in his own media circus. Just a football player. But can he play quarterback at all? So we're going to throw him out there with the ones for one series against our really good defense and watch the tape and see, does he look like a quarterback? If not, he's probably a practice squad project guy that you want around because he's such a competitive guy and a really good football player. They want to see if he's a freaking quarterback. So it's less than zero deal that he took some reps with the ones when your starting quarterback is out and you're trying to figure out if you have an emergency situation in a game, what the hell do we do? Can this dude, if he is a special teams guy, We don't have to dress a third quarterback on Sunday. He can be that guy slash special teamer and get us out of a game. But you don't know until you put him in against the ones. If you're on a – like my dad and the Bucks, a lot of times we're on two practices. The young guys are on one getting a ton of reps, and then the veterans are on one getting a ton of reps. Well, he got to switch fields. Or when you combine fields, a lot of times you don't know until you put them out there against the Darius Leonards of the world in that defense. So this is less than zero deal. I spent too much time talking about it. Yeah, negative deal. Um, The big deal will be how he performs in the preseason. And if he looks like he deserves to be there and looks like he deserves more work to to go up the depth chart a little bit. It always fascinates me this time of year when these reports come out. And I don't know if it's because we're a year removed away from the traditional training camp because of what happened with COVID last year. What do people think coaches use training camp for? (laughs) I, I, they're, they're going to put different players in different scenarios to see what they can do. And right now, you only have two quarterbacks that have a shot on your roster. You think Jacob Eason's going to get every single first team rep for the next month? It's just not how it operates. Guys get backup quarterbacks get first team reps in regular season practices at times. Like it's this is nothing. Now, if Ellinger goes out there and has and looks really strong this preseason, it might be something for him. But it, this means absolutely nothing right now. And oh, by the way, that same practice that everybody was so focused on Ellinger, uh, Jacob Eason and T.Y. Hilton really clicked, and nobody talked about that at all. So it's nothing. Did you guys see, and I, I I think it was Chris Mortensen who tweeted it this morning right before we recorded the podcast, that the expectation is still for Carson Wentz to be available week one. I did that, that's, that. that's what they say. It's and possible. I, it's within the window. I read the tweet and I was like, huh, okay. It, look, it's within the window. I think we've all assumed it's going to take longer, but it, it's theoretically possible, which seems like the telltale sign will be do they trade or do they, or do they sign a high-profile release quarterback between now and the start of the season? That will be the telltale sign for us of how much they truly believe Wentz is going to be ready in September. Do any of us want to see Carson Wentz in a damn Marino Achilles boot in week one? Because the only way he's playing in week one is with some giant moon boot tape job, something that he's stuck in the pocket and can't move. Right. Are you guys and luckily he has no Marino injury Achilles history boot. to worry about whatsoever. So none, none at all. Yeah, no, we can just put him out there. No problem. Uh, you guys remember, are you guys old enough to remember the Dan, Dan Marino Achilles boot? I, I do. Okay, I, I not, no, I, I've seen like, it. I don't think I was all, I don't think I was watching football at that point. One high top it. Nike came yeah. up to like his calf. 
and it yeah. just looked awful, but he never moved anyway. Uh, Item number three. Ballard and Wright got extensions. They're fine. Yeah. Darren Waller missed eight straight days of camp. Big deal, little deal, or no deal. Based on the way you guys reacted, at least on the video, I don't think this is going to be filed away as the no deal category. Jamie, I'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, it's a deal. Um, it's a little deal right now, but it could very much snowball into a bigger deal as we get closer to the season. It's a lot of practice time, and we don't know what the injury is. They've very, been very coy about what's actually wrong right now. And you, know, you hear all the, the glowing reports out of camp. Oh, here's Henry Ruggs looks, and here's Brian Edwards looks, and all this other stuff, and, you just, and Kenyon Drake, but you'll hear nothing about Darren Waller because he's not out there. He's not practicing. That's a lot of practices to miss this time of year, particularly for an undisclosed injury. Is, is it a foot? Is it a knee injury? Is it, is it, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. Is this something that they're being cautious with? Is this something that's going to affect him going into the season? Is this going to be something that we have to worry about lingering? Or is this an injury that's maybe more upper body? You just have enough rest and we're not going to worry about you re-injuring it. No idea. So right now it's a little deal, um, but it's one that I am watching very closely because right now Darren Waller is being drafted in ADP as a tight end too. He's going above George Kittle. Uh, he's being taken in the second round right now. I need to know what's going on with him and why he's missing now going into a second week of missing practice with this undisclosed injury. So it's a deal. Um, I'm not panicking yet, but it's something that I have a, a big, big red flag next to as I want to know, know a lot more information about this over the next week. It's more than a little deal, and it's not quite a big deal yet, but eight days of camp. Let me tell you, somebody has been to camp. That's a lot of freaking time. Of Eight days of training camp feels like through week seven of the regular season. You're there so much. It's 24 hours a day. You're eating lunch, you're talking about football. You're in the meeting room, you're talking about football. Even with the new COVID stuff, it's not as old, you know, it's not like it used to be, two days and all that, but it's still nonstop. Your treatment, you're there nonstop. Eight days is a lot. But the reason it's more than a little deal is why? Why? What are we missing? God forbid is it's something other than an actual injury with his history. I don't even want to go there, but it's like, is something else creeping in that you're missing eight days and you're being really quiet about this? This kid's turned his life around, turned into an absolute superstar. I think he deserves to be going ADP number two. He's the best player on this team. I don't think it's a big deal because I think him and Carr have some tremendous chemistry. But we just talked about getting your legs under you. Eight days of camp is a lot, man. You come back off something else, say it is an upper body, and you pull a hamstring because you haven't been out there practicing. You haven't been out there running. It's more than a little deal, but it's not a big deal yet because we still, we do have a month, but it's it's creeping towards a big deal quick. Eight days, I'm telling you guys, eight days in training camp is a month of the regular season. Yeah, I think it's important to to note here that we just don't know what this is. And so that's what elevates it from it, it being a little deal to potentially being a big deal is something is is going on here. And because we don't know what it is, it leaves it up for interpretation. Is is he in the protocol? Is he is he hurt? Is there are so many different things now that it could be, and because you don't get an answer, it's one of those things where it's left for us to kind of determine, and and that's what makes it, I think, a big deal. Yeah, and the only thing we have from him right now is is Gruden saying, I think he's going to be okay. We're being very careful with him. He's working out very hard with the trainers, but when asked if he's hurt, he he wouldn't give an answer. I mean, I don't know why I should be working out with the trainers, but you know, it just so that's concerning to me. Like, it's not. I mean, that is about as cryptic as you can get, aside from a no comment when it comes to injury. Mm -hmm. Not that I necessarily 
expect John Gruden to be completely forthright because it's not in his his or his team's advantage to be. But the fact that we have no leaks and nothing, that's that's scary. When you have the yeah, little deals at three long. and big deals at ten, this is a seven. Yeah. Absolutely. Next Especially up. Where, where you have to take him in fantasy drafts right now. Like, I mean, you're drafting him at the end of the second round if you want to get him. Like, you are investing a lot of draft capital to get him. If I'm drafting today, I probably let somebody else take that risk. Like, if I have a draft in the next two or three days, I'm letting somebody else take that risk right now at that early round. Like, I still probably take him the third or fourth, but uh, he's on he's on hold for me, and that's I, a I lot would, to invest. I'd red flag him until I know why. Yeah, for sure. Saquon Barkley up next on the list. Saquon Barkley off the pup list and back at practice. Big deal, little deal, no deal, Jake. I'll tell you after a week of practice. Right now, little to no deal because is he in shorts? Does he have a quarterback jersey on, do not touch? Or is he packed practicing in pads? I doubt that's going to happen for at least a week. But how does the body respond to the first week of practice? How hard does he push? Just because he's off the pup list, it's, it's pretty early to be off the pup list, actually. I thought, I thought they'd wait a couple more weeks. So I think they do feel good enough about the fact that he's going to go out there. I'm telling you guys, these freaking ACLs with running backs, as much as they cut, he goes out and has two practices. That thing swells up. He sits for a week. That lingers into the regular season. If it's worse than that, you go back to Darius Geis and a bunch of other guys and something else happens and you got to get the thing cleaned up. And now you're talking about six to eight weeks again with a meniscus. Uh, totally off subject. Why NBA guys miss an entire season with a meniscus and NFL guys are back in like yeah. four weeks. That's, that still befuddles me. Then meniscus is the meniscus. Uh, but no, I, right now, I, I think it's too early to say I'll say little deal. Yeah, I'll say little deal. It's It's nice that he's off the pup list. I mean, that's, that's a, it's a good piece of information to have, you know, at some point yeah. he, they had to make that move and I'm glad that he's doing that does not change anything about what I've said about him. Does not change my ranking with him at all. I still don't think he's uh, going to play week one. Uh, all of these things are still true. Um, right now I, I have him, uh, my my latest rankings dropped him to uh, RB 10 and into the middle of the second round. That is where I have him in my updated rankings. His ADP right now is still number five overall, which is just I, – I will just not understand. But um, I've already come to terms with it. I'm just not going to understand that. But the world is coming around to the TDN Fantasy Podcast point of view on this because he has been slipping. We talked about this a couple months ago. He was the RB3. Uh, then he was the RB4. Now he slipped to the RB5. And I bet you he's uh, only about a week away from slipping behind Zeke as the RB six. And then he's not that far away from maybe potentially Nick Chubb at RB seven. So he's that's still to... too high. That, that's like RB RB five is still too high. No, I, yeah, I'm not I, clearly. And not only RB five, number five overall, like I'm not taking like like the first round. No, but you're presenting it as, Oh, everyone else is still is coming around. They're, to this slow, show I and they're, they're slowly coming around. Chris, they had him at three. Okay. Remember when people were sending me tweets that I'm an idiot. I'm a shock jock. I'm clickbait. You must be crazy. Remember all those tweets I got about my Saquon Barkley rankings? Yes. Now everybody's concerned. They finally came around to it. But it just – yes, it's still too high for me. Uh, I'm not – I have him at RB10, and the only reason why he's not lower is because we're deal- the guys I have behind him I have also major injury concerns um, mm-hmm. like Mixon and some of those guys as well. So I think at that point we're playing the game of who could stay healthy longest in those rankings. Um, None of those are ACLs, man. None of those are running back ACLs in year one. That's why he's my Todd Gurley of last year. I don't have him on the board because I'm not touching it. So this doesn't change my thoughts. He doesn't play in week one. What's the difference in week four? Yeah. How long does it go? Do you miss the month of September without him and you took him in the first round? Yeah. I can't can't take him in the first round. No way. 
I can't do it. I'll have zero yeah. shares of Saquon Barkley. Like I just, I know. And yes. I'm, by the way, I'm thrilled to have no shares. Of Saquon yeah, Barkley. you're okay with, with the being in that position. Um, Next up, and I'm going to read this again verbatim <laughs> to the way Jamie has it written here on the paper. Michael Thomas hating everyone. And then in parentheses is a trade coming question mark. Big deal, little deal, or no deal. Can I answer the, can I answer the second question first, Jamie? The, is a sure. trade coming? The answer is a, is a big no in capital letters with multiple exclamation points because I don't know if you look at what the dead money would be for the New Orleans Saints to trade Michael Thomas. It's north of $30 million in dead money that they would just have to assume by trading Michael Thomas. So we talked about how the Seahawks weren't going to trade Russell Wilson this year because of the dead money. It's a very similar thing with Michael Thomas. There is too much dead money involved. So I'm sorry I just got that out of the way. Jake, go ahead. Unless someone wants to pay them cash when they trade them for some of the dead money. That that ownership used to be really, really cheap. It's not anymore. It's not $30 million not cheap, but somebody could offset it a little bit. I think there's a maybe on the trade. Him hating everyone and still being an ass is a big deal. He went the first few years of his career as being the golden boy. And then all of a sudden came out last year putting everybody on blast, getting his contract. And now he's like the villain. He literally went from like Superman. Everybody loves this dude. He's great. He's the golden boy. He does everything the right way to hating everyone in the organization other than Drew Brees, his head coach included, and is now the villain in a freaking Marvel movie, like the bad dude. And I think that's more of who he was. I think he kept his mouth shut and worked hard the first couple of years. He got paid. This is a big deal. You're the only superstar left on that team on that offense for sure. I mean, your tackles are really good, but they're tackles. They're not yeah, sexy. They're not going to yeah. yeah, but he's way bigger deal than Kamara. Oh, yeah. If he's healthy with Drew Brees, I mean, if he can run something other than a slant, we'll see. <laughs> but name value-wise, he's bigger than Kamara still. Yeah, and uh, Chris, I, I don't mean to correct you, but I'm going to do it. Um, the numbers you put out were correct if it was a pre-June 1 trade. It's a little bit different now that it's post-June 1 for Michael Thomas. So it's still a big dead cap hit, but it was mostly into next year. So they would have a $9.1 million dead cap hit for him this year, which actually frees up a million dollars in savings, but they would take a $22.7 million dead cap hit next season. Um, so it's that's not great, but it's absolutely doable. Um, for them if they made a move, particularly if they wanted to make swap him for a corner uh, type of a deal. So, I mean, there's a, uh, you know, we'll see. M- M- Michael Thomas for CJ Henderson trade, question mark. But um, we'll we'll see what that, what that turns into. But no, I, I do think this is a big deal because already he's missed time. There's whatever side is, the, who knows what the real truth is. But regardless, what we do know is that they, the wires got crossed on the timeline for his surgery. He's now going to miss a lot of regular season actions, probably going to start the, the season on the pop list. So you're probably looking at 12 games max for him this coming season. This isn't good. Like this team is deteriorating for certain pieces and they're going to have to, they're going to have to deal with this at some point. Like you can't have locker room cancers. And if that's what Michael Thomas is going to turn into for whatever reason, whether it's uh, um, doesn't see eye to eye with Sean Payton, doesn't see eye to eye with Mickey Loomis, whatever it might be combination of both. Whatever it's going to be, that's going to come to a head at some point, particularly because he's not going to put up the numbers. I don't care how healthy he is. He's not going to put up the numbers he put up two, three, four years ago. It's not happening yet. So when you're now not that valuable of a player to that level and you're causing all of these issues and publicly, it's going to come to a head at some point. And uh, from a fantasy perspective, uh, in my recent update, he dropped down to my wide receiver 33. 
that is where I have him right now. And I, if he can still drop further from there. It's a great point in the locker room, Jamie. I mean, say he's a Taysom Hill guy and we know he's not a big Jameis Winston can't throw a slant guy and he's not playing. And one of those two quarterbacks is, and it's not the one he wants. What's going on in the locker room as the guys are talking in the corners? Cause that stuff lingers, man. And it gets to be a big deal and you can influence younger guys that they're going to be counting on while you're not out there. This is a huge deal. I, this is bigger than a big deal. The more we talk about it, I think he's going to talk his way out of New Orleans. Next up on the big deal, little deal, or no deal list, DeAndre Swift missing most of 7-on-7 seven seven and 11-on-11 11 11 drills so far in camp with a sore groin. So apparently every running back not named Jamal Williams in Lions camp is hurt. <laughs> so it's been uh, – they've had an issue just getting enough guys out there on the field. Uh, it is a medium deal. Uh, it's still early. Uh, like I said, I'll keep continue saying that. It is a medium deal because you want to see him out there and you want more. So it's not that I care that he's necessarily missing a lot of this time. It's not like he doesn't know what he's supposed to be doing. Uh, it's more of a, does this groin injury start to linger? Does he come back too soon and re-injure something? Does he push to, you know what I mean? All of those things that start to come up in your mind. So it is from a, from a potential future injury standpoint, it is a medium high deal uh, from a missing time in camp. It's a little deal, but it's definitely something I'm monitoring right now. We're, where I know Chris's favorite thing to do is hate on DeAndre Swift, and I get it. But and he's in this like we have this like weird mix of running backs here at like the back end of RB one, top end of RB two territory, with guys that have some injury history that have different situations than we've been seeing before. A rookie like like right now my my ten through eighteen is Saquon Eckler, Mixon, Swift. Najee Harris, Miles Sanders, David Montgomery, Chris Carson, and Miles Gaskin. It's a weird group. The man. range of outcomes for it's all of those group. players are Only all one, like, over the them. freaking place. And it's probably going to be the like, whichever one of those guys is your guy. And if they hit, you're going to be a playoff team. Like that's kind of where that feels like of if you hit one of those guys, particularly if those guys are your RB2 and you've got an elite running back to start, you're going to be in such good shape because the potential range of outcome for all of those players because of for most of them for an injury history is massive huge uh this is more than a little deal it is a new offense by the way new that's coaching true. staff that's true right so like he knows what he's doing as a pro he might not know all the nuances of this offense and he's missing time uh as a guy that ended my career with a groin injury i want to know was it cutting slipping running and is it high or low the high ones turn into low ones, and they do linger. I think it's one of those things you sit him until he's better. You go through – I mean, they have – because the NFL is so, for lack of a better word, easy these days. There's not two-a-days in practices like it used to be. The second one's a walkthrough. You can get the mental reps to catch on the new offense. You know whether it's one, three, five, two, four, six hole, whatever, you know, whatever the call is. You know as a running back which way you're going. It's not like they changed to a massive zone scheme from a man-blocking scheme kind of thing. But it is a new coaching staff, and we've talked about from a fantasy impact, Jamal Williams, if you're the healthy guy, you know what coaches start doing, James? They start counting on the guy that's out there every day, to Chris's point, and they start going, okay, I want to bite off kneecaps and compete, and I want to win, and I feel more comfortable with a guy that I just watched for the last two weeks getting ready than I do our superstar running back who we're sitting, and I'm Dan Campbell, I don't care. I want to put the guy out there that's going to play – that happens, whether they want to admit it or not. 
in the in the media and the public, but in behind those those staff meetings behind closed doors, they are liking their free agent signing that's out there. So it's more than a little deal. It's not a big deal yet because we still have a month. But there's something there. You stole my thunder a little bit there, Jake, because that was the point I was going to bring up. That it's not it's it's not a big deal in the I'm concerned about DeAndre Swift's long term health, but I think it's a big deal in the sense of Jamal Williams gets to be the guy who's out at practice every day running all of this stuff, and that subconsciously can make the coaching staff go, "Wow, we got to use this guy more." Look, he's getting all this opportunity. Look at what he's doing. And I don't think I have to tell Jamie on this show how much of an impact Jamal Williams can have on a football team, right? That's not a point that I have to convince Jamie to be on my side of. So this is a scenario where they they love Jamal Williams enough to bring him in, but now that he's the only running back out there, they could fall even more in love with him. And so when Swift does come back, it could be even more workload going to Jamal Williams. So I think it's a big deal in that regard, and it's something to keep an eye on. But no, am I worried about DeAndre Swift missing the first week of the season? No, not necessarily right now. I would say little to medium deal in that regard. It's just something to keep an eye on. Strictly yeah, fantasy, two-minute third down. This is where he carves that role early. And it might stay the whole season. Yeah. That's where it's, it could really be a big deal. Because if they get that comfortable with him, with Jared Goff being back there protecting him as he did Aaron Rodgers, catching the ball in the backfield, that's not that limits the ability for DeAndre Swift to be that third down guy and that three down back. That could end up being a huge deal. If he misses yeah. enough time that they feel that comfortable with him that he carves out that role. Now we're talking about a big deal because you're taking DeAndre Swift really early in this draft. And if you don't have that role, he can't ever live up to that draft position. Yeah, it's absolutely worth watching. And also worth noting that he uh, DeAndre Swift is still going through all the individual drills. He's just knocking mm -hmm. out there for seven on seven. So an 11 on 11. But it's worth watching because, uh, look, Jamal Williams is a legitimate threat. I mentioned that on the show before. Chris has beat that point home. I still think that he's put Swift a little bit too low in his personal rankings, but <laughs> it's definitely worth watching. Like, we agree on the overall point. I just think you're, you're docking Swift extra points. Is that that's yeah, being a, I'm, I'm being a little bit more punitive to DeAndre Swift. Than, you you than, have than a reason. Uh, DJ Shark suffers a minor break in his hand. Big deal, little deal, or no deal, Jamie? Um, I'm going to say medium deal, and here's why. Well, it is, a, it is a minor break, so a little deal probably makes sense since it's a minor break. No. Well, his coach already hates him, that's so that's not great. You now, he's not gonna be, now he's not yeah. going to be out there for the pretty much the rest of the entire preseason. He, the, at least the report now is they're hopeful that he can play week one. DJ Chark is not going to be on the Jaguars by the start of the new league year 2022. Like everything points to that direction. Like it, 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 I don't think he's going to be out there. I had a lot of concerns about DJ Chark coming into this year. It's a big reason why I'm a huge Marvin Jones fan. I've been, I've been carrying the Marvin Jones flag uh, all off season. And I will continue to at this point, as I think he's going to be the most productive wide receiver for the Jaguars this year. It's a big deal because when your coaching staff is already disappointed in you, and they've been very public about their disappointment in you and what they want you to do. And now you're going to miss the majority of the preseason slash training camp. What does he come back to? Like, mm -hmm. what if the what if the Jaguars make a trade? If, if they're going to move CJ Anderson, what if a receiver comes back? What if they want to bring in somebody else that goes on top of Marvin Jones and the Visca Chenault? Um, you know, you've got Colin Johnson there, you know, like I am I would be concerned a little bit. Like I I ended up putting DJ Chark. I want to see where I, I ended up throwing him in my latest updates, but uh, he's down to wide receiver 50 for me. Um, so like he's in the same range as, you know, as the Devontae Parkers of the world and the Traquan Smiths and the Emmanuel Sanders. And like, that's kind of where he's fallen to me now. And I could see him falling a little bit lower. 
this is a this is I think is a big deal for if you like TJ Chark this year or for probably a bigger deal for DJ Chark, the football player, because I think this is probably the the middle of the end of his run in Jacksonville. That's a great point. I mean, I was going to start with, yes, coach hates him and you catch the ball with your hands. And if one of them is broken and you're not catching the ball, are you out there running? I mean, if don't, this is like, be careful with just name value because you got lucky and you picked him off waivers like I did two years ago. He was great for you for most of that season. That doesn't mean anything in Jacksonville is even close to the same way. Again, new offense, new concepts. Yes, the route tree is the same on every team. How you run it on different plays, the tendency, the pause, the combination with a new quarterback who's getting used to that, who's probably going to be doing it correctly. Are you one of those guys that always breaks something off a half a yard early and the quarterback hates it and he's not out there to yell at you because you're not out there running routes with a cast on? This is a big deal. And then you throw in the fact that the head coach doesn't like you. The head coach makes a ton of money and has all the power in the world to move you. I don't know that he makes that at training camp other than somebody's going to want to say, okay, can he pass a physical with a broken hand without being traded? They're not expecting to win more than six or seven games. If there's any issues in the locker room, he's going to be gone. And he could go to a good team. That's going to be a great fantasy thing for you later on. But it's a big deal right now. Just on the fact that he broke a hand is a big deal. You catch the ball with your hands. You can't practice. Not everybody's Chris Godwin that breaks a finger, has surgery, and plays three days later. Like that's a different level of dude. Well, it's also a difference between breaking a finger and breaking a hand. Yes. Like there's a difference in what you how, how you can protect one versus the other as well. That's a great point. Um, we are very quickly learning that this Urban Meyer thing is going to just be a roller coaster, like forever, right? Like, like it's it's just going to be. I'm not saying it's good or bad. I, I'm I'm leaning bad, but it's just going to be a roller coaster. Like, Wait till he we fires just half get the staff in a year, and then retires. Next up, Justin Jefferson's sprained AC joint. Big deal, little deal, or no deal? More than little. I mean, again, an AC joint, if anybody's listening out there, and you don't know what it is. There's a hole in your shoulder right about your collarbone. You can push on, you can feel that's your AC joint. Now try to push on it and lift your arm. It hurts. Okay. So if you sprain that AC joint, that's what it is. If they say he's going to be back pretty quick, it's not that he's blocking anybody. It's not that kind of issue, but he is raising his hands above his shoulder. If it's a big enough deal that he has to put one of those. You see guys like around their bicep, you see a lot of safeties doing it because they hurt their shoulders. They can't lift their arm. That's what that brace does. It attaches to your shoulder pad, so you can't lift your arm all the way. If he's got to put that on, it's still not a big deal. I mean, this kid's a stud. He's a star. I still think everybody has him too high because I don't know that his role is exactly like it was last year. You put all that on tape, but this kid's a star. He's going to miss a week. He's fine. By the way, quarter zone works fantastic. If this was like going into week one, he's still playing without a brace on there. But, you know, you're going through a week of missing some time. It is training camp. You know, it, it it just depends, and it's the severity. If it's a, I think shoulders are backwards. So if it's a grade one, who cares? It's not like he did it blocking. He probably did it falling down. It happens all the time. I'm gonna go very little deal. Yeah, he kind of landed awkwardly on that on that arm, uh, fall uh, making a diving catch, and yeah, it, little deal. Um, no reason to think it's gonna linger. I believe last year Cortland Sutton had a very similar injury, missed one week, and now come came, came back and tore his ACL, which obviously is not related at all. But uh, but he only missed one week of regular season action when that happened with him last year. Uh so not worried about this at all. I don't expect he's gonna miss week one. Uh so I, I would not I would not change whatever you think about Justin Jefferson going into the season already based on what happened here. 
All right, we got two more that we got to get to pretty quickly. Kyle Shanahan saying Trey Lance to play, quote, situationally this year. Big deal, little deal, or no deal? No deal. Like, I don't. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. I think we've, I think we're all in agreement that, I guess, tell me if I'm wrong, that Jimmy Garoppolo is the week one starter. And until Jimmy Garoppolo, through injury or poor performance, gives Kyle Shanahan a reason to not make him the starter, that that's where he's going to be. Um, I know we've, uh, you know, we had Dre Harris, one of our scouts at the draft network that was out uh, and was talking to some people with the Niners. And, you know, they've been, uh, the report back was that they've been very pleasantly surprised with how Trey Lance has looked and looked a lot better coming into training camp than he did coming out of OTAs where there were a lot more concerns about him. Uh, but at this point, I, I think Jimmy, it's still Jimmy Garoppolo's job to lose early in the season. Here's why it's absolutely no friggin' deal. He's your backup quarterback. He's going to dress on Sundays. He's a big, powerful dude that can run that Kyle Shanahan's going to put a package in where he's running the read option or something because he gets the extra player when the quarterback runs the ball. That's goal line, that's short yardage, that's whatever. That's a package for a guy that's going to dress every Sunday, that there's no limitations to how you can bring him in for one play and bring him back out. He knows exactly what he's doing. Catch it and run. Whatever it is. And you could put a package on there off of that, but it's absolutely no deal that he's going to have some kind of package when he's going to play every Sunday anyway. If he was the three and he's going to dress occasionally, and we're going to talk about this, Maybe it's a deal because then you have roster issues, but he's the backup quarterback that's going to dress every single week. Yeah, I, I guess all this is is confirmation that he's going to be the two and it's not going to be a Jordan Love situation where he's just inactive every week. Like that's really right. all this tells us, which yeah, I don't I, think any of us thought he was going to be essentially redshirted anyway. By the way, if you saw the throw he made last week, he's going to be the two regardless. Yeah. The rolling out to the left, Patrick Mahomes up underhand 40 yard, just ridiculousness. That still doesn't know that doesn't mean he knew what he was doing on the play. It just means he's an athletic freak, which we already knew. Last thing on the list here: big deal, little deal, or no deal. Dwayne Eskridge's toe injury slash special shoe. Again, I read these the way Jamie has presented them. So, you, you have issues, oh, you take them up with Jamie. Almost a big deal. Mm-hmm. I freaking love this kid, and God, you guys know I hate toe and foot injuries. <laughs> little dude, but he's a little quick guy, little quick, powerful guy. Damn toes linger, man. You talk about the shoulder is not a big deal because it pretty much heals. You can shoot it up, and by the time it heals, it's fine. This toe could linger all season. If it's a toe injury and they start using the word turf toe, I'll remind everybody what that is. Lift your foot. The tendon that lifts your big toe up and down is sprained, and it sucks. And you start talking about different shoes, that's pretty much what you're talking about because you want a lot more structure under that toe. Either way, you're not practicing as much. You're getting it shot up. You're dealing with constant pain. And it sucks. You're talking about a rookie that they're counting on to be that third guy that we're all really high on. And the thing in the draft is a little guy. Everybody thinks you just play in the slot. People I talk to really think he can play outside as well, even though he's a small guy. Like Tyler Lockett came in, punt returner, slot guy turned into an outside guy. They think he's exactly that. I think this is a big deal. I think this could linger. And if it flares up too bad, you can see him missing weeks when they're really counting on him. And if they can't get it under control in the next month, which toes can linger, like I said, months with an S on the end, for a long, long time, it could end up being a really big deal. But right now, I still think it's a big deal. Yeah, I think it's a big deal because I think his entire chance that he had any fantasy relevance was based on him really carving out a role for himself in this preseason. He, again, he's a rookie coming in, uh, coming in from a smaller school, trying to learn a new system, and has missed a lot of time. And it's again, it always scares me. Like we got to find these special shoes. We got to find all this. It just tells me that they have. They're just trying to manage at this point versus healing. 
so that scares me. Uh, I, I think at this point, you're looking at a scenario where he would not be draftable for me in fantasy. He was borderline draftable anyway. Uh, you know, he was he was hanging around that like wide receiver 100 mark, but he would not be draftable for me in fantasy. It looks like, and and this will be funny because Chris will laugh, but it looks like Freddie Swain's going to start the season uh, <laughs> as the wide receiver three in Seattle after all the things I said about him. Uh, but this scares me uh, because I don't know how long it's going to be till he's healthy. Is he going to be healthy at all as a rookie? How long does it take for him to get up to speed? Is he, you know, there are not a lot of targets to go around that are not sent to TJ, uh, T, excuse me, to Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf. I just tried to combine. I tried to like ship those two guys together. Um, there's not a lot of targets available in that Seattle offense for neither of those two guys. So. It was going to be an uphill battle for him to be relevant anyway as a bench player. And now, to me, this is just too many red flags. I think it's going to take him too long to get up to speed if he's even able to with the injury. I'm going to give you the hard knocks moment on the show today. This is the pull the, the cloak back. This is where the, the coaching staff, the general manager, and the trainers and the doctors have their meetings every single day. And this is a guy you go, okay, the doctor's like, the best chance he has to play the season is to sit for the next month, and we heal this thing. And then he goes, but I can't guarantee that's going to happen. And then the trainer's going, I think we can manage it with a new shoe and we can do this and we can get through. And the coaching staff's like, I got to have him on the freaking field so he knows what the hell he's doing because if he sits for the next month, he's not going to be caught up till October to Halloween. What the hell do we do? And they sit there and they talk about it. This happens on every team, about every player with an injury, especially young guys that you want to count on. Coaches usually win this situation, by the way, and they're not always right. But you got to have a guy that know what he's do- knows what he's doing, even if he's 80%, if you plan on playing him. And they really, really like this kid. So it's, it's, a, it's a big deal. By the way, I have him a lot higher than 100. If he, if he were healthy and have a full preseason, I think he's one of the sleepers of, of all of fantasy because I think he's going to get some targets and carve some of those out. They can take a little bit of the workload off of Tyler Lockett. But right now it's a big deal. Uh, Jamie, I know we, you and I were talking in the pre-show about um, Hard Knocks. Can I get a quick 1 to 10 grade on the first episode of Hard Knocks? I have not watched. Um, I, I, I revealed this on the Draft Dudes podcast. I've actually never seen an episode of Hard Knocks start to finish ever. I've just seen clips that wow. that just show up on social I might media. Have seen so can I get um, a quick 1 to 10 recap of episode 1? Uh, I would say I would give it a 6.5. Um, wow. Solid. It was so solid. barely passing. Barely passing. No, no, watchable. You're not great Damn watchable. That. Yeah, it was solid. Um, I, I think there we learned some really good information about Dak's surgery. Got some good information about Dak's latest shoulder injury. I think that was the most intriguing part. Micah Parsons was pretty fun, I'd say. So he's the episode one star of the show so far. Um, but it, it it was fine. Uh, I'm a big believer. My hard knocks theory is is the scale of how good hard knocks is is nearly directly correlated to how entertaining the head coach is. And I think that part gets lost in a lot of these Oh, so this season's going to suck. Mike McCarthy is uh, wonder bread. (laughs) Like, there's nothing wrong, but there's no flavor. Like, that's what Mike McCarthy is. And we have seen, like... You the thought you got killed with the offensive line on Cincinnati Bengals? You're going to get monster killed from the freaking wonder bread crowd out there. Just it is like just he's 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 there like he's there, like in terms of like a personality standpoint. Like to me, I, I think that is the element that always gets lost on these hard knocks is that the head coach because the head coach gets so much airtime regardless. Like they are given so much airtime on these shows, you have to be more entertaining. So I couldn't like it's like I couldn't watch anything with Jeff Fisher on. 
Yeah. And I was, with all due respect to Jeff Fisher, just like it's from that a conversation I was just having about the toe, yeah. there's a lot of decisions for a head coach to make way outside the injury scale of yeah. what are we doing? And they talk about that actually. So last yeah. night's show, I'm, I'm glad I see, I thought you were teasing this because of last night's show, uh, but on last night's show, they, they've talked specifically when Dak injures the shoulder and he is talking and McCarthy is talking with the trainer about what do I do? You know, what's the, what's the issue? What, what are we giving up there? How is he going to stay out on the field or is he going to go, when, when does he go back to get the thing treated? Like all of those things are being discussed here. And then we, then we have a conversation between the trainer and Jerry Jones about who, because we heard a lot about how this is like a baseball type injury and the trainer reveals, yeah, I'm talking to the Texas Rangers staff and the New York Yankee staff about these injuries and here's what they suggest and all the other stuff. So that there's some really, Good information for if you're probably if you're a listener to this podcast and you like kind of that deeper dive into how some of these things work. Um, and Dak talking about how he had a second surgery and all these other things that happened with that ankle. Like that was good information. Um, him and Zeke's interactions were kind of fun, but it wasn't like a rush out and like you got to go run straight home from work today and, and like pop it on. Like get around to it when you get around to it type of a thing. Jamie, you know, I'm not good enough to tease it up like that, man. I was hoping because it happens a, with every coach and every staff yeah. and, and it's happened since the beginning of football and it'll oh, continue yeah. to happen. But most people don't realize that much stuff goes into it. So it's great that they showed that on hard knocks and don't think for a second that owner like Jerry's not getting involved of like, Hey, by the way, head coach wants him out there. Trainer wants him out there. Doc wants him to sit and owner says uh, he's sitting or he's going like, well, owner and, and it makes him the final decision. Like that's Jerry Jerry, that's that's asked him, like, what, what are we doing? Like, can, you know, can we get him out there? Like what, and explained the trainer explaining why the, why rest is recommended right now. It's a great thing. We uh, talked about earlier in the show, Michael yeah. Thomas, right. Then the, the cross lines of communication there. I don't think there were cross lines. I think the, the beginning of this started with Michael said, I'm going to wait and listen to his own doctor, not the team doctor, which in the NFL players associations agreement, you have the right to a second opinion and you're right to your own doctor. You don't have to use the team doctor. Because a lot of times that can be skewed to the coaching staff and the owner, like we just said. I think he did his own thing and pissed the team off, ended up waiting that long that they're now in this situation when they were counting on him and they didn't make moves in the draft or free agency. Not that they could, their cap was killed, but you guys get my point. Yeah. I think that's people don't realize that happens either. I think Michael mm-hmm. Thomas did his own thing with his own doctors, put himself on his own timeline and pissed off the organization that just gave him a hundred million dollars. That's it for us. Jamie, where can everybody follow you on social media? Follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter, at Jamie Eisner TDN on Instagram. And as we've talked about a couple times on the show, updated fantasy rankings this week. You can check them all out, rankings and projections at thedraftnetwork.com underneath the fantasy tab. Jake? Jake B. Arians on Twitter, Arians NFL on Instagram, and go check out all Jamie's stuff at TDN. You can follow me on Twitter at True Radio, SCHU Radio. Make sure you follow the show on Twitter at TDN Fantasy. Draft Strategies Week next week here on the show. Two episodes for you. Auction drafts on Monday and best ball on Wednesday. We'll give you draft strategies for those two formats. Everybody enjoy the rest of your week. We'll talk to you on Monday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.